Strachan and Bell together. There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now. This will be the fourth ball for Aberdeen. And Cooper puts it in wide. Close by Bishop. Well, suddenly it's become a rout. Of course, when things are going wrong against you, you don't get the breaks of the ball. Cooper in with Stewart. He didn't really know where the ball was, but he got the break. And as you say, it's a schoolboy's dream being able to take your time. Knowing that really, all you've got to do is crack it into the back of the net. Hello and welcome to the Here We Go podcast. A positive week, the headlines with the cracked club crests can move on to somebody else for the time being. And on this week's show, we'll look back to the turnaround win that ended Hearts' unbeaten record on Saturday. And we'll look ahead to the visit of the Motherwell side, one of them, uh, one of the sides currently uh, feeling the pressure in the SPFL now that the mantle has moved from the Dons. Now, to do that with us uh, tonight, I'm not saying it's been a while since our first guest uh, was last with us, but since he was, he's disbanded his band, started a solo project, and has this week just released his excellent second album under the name of Broken Chanter. But tonight we welcome David McGregor. David, how are you doing? Uh, not too bad, thanks. Um, yeah, happy to come on when it's going to be a more positive podcast, certainly. <laughs> Yeah, it was a struggle getting guests earlier in the season, I can tell you. Um, <laughs> listen, release week must still be quite a thrill, just um, seeing the fruits of your labour getting out there, even in this age of streaming, even in this age of having to wait nine months to actually get the vinyl out. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's been great. Uh, it's just a, a relief to kind of have things moving back towards uh, what I would recognise as uh, normal for um, release schedules and touring certainly um but yeah it was great to have it out the vinyl has only been delayed by um two and a bit weeks touchwood well it's actually been delayed by months but that's the global vinyl crisis for you but no uh, i absolutely delighted to see the reaction to the record so far and it's been um luckily very positive so uh yeah just still buzzing to be honest and with some justification uh, you should definitely check it out um ideally Go to David's Bandcamp and buy it, but obviously it's on those uh, rather evil streaming sites as well if you're not prepared to put your finger and um, hand in your pocket. Um, and obviously, David, we've, uh, we've talked about touring there a little bit. We've had a little difficulty getting you up to do an Aberdeen gig, haven't we, for a variety of reasons lately. It seems that you have been thwarted. Yeah, it's um, it seems to be some sort of curse, to be honest. Uh, we used to play Aberdeen a lot um, uh, as Kid Canaveral before um, before we went our separate ways. And um, but I've had two uh, two broken chanter gigs uh, booked for Aberdeen. The first one it was uh, what could be described as an act of God or climate change. The roof of the venue collapsed due to the torrential rain that was uh, pouring for hours and hours and hours before it. We turned up to load in and there was a stream coming through a hole in the ceiling onto the stage. So rather than plug any electrics in, we decided to uh, give that a buy. Um, and then we were uh, I was actually... Um, 
it was for uh, the same night as the St. Johnston home match. Um, so rather than having a gig to cheer me up after that uh, at Pataudry, I uh, was just driving back down the road because the band uh, whom I was supporting on a tour, uh, one of the members unfortunately ended up in hospital. So that was cancelled as well. So there is a bit of a, yeah, there, there's something keeping me from the venues of Aberdeen at the moment and I don't know what it is. Well, listen, don't get too discouraged. Hopefully we do see you up here uh, relatively shortly and uh, we can get along and see you live. Uh, but certainly everybody check out Broken Chanter's new record, which is out this week. Um, then, in addition to David, um, it was something of an oversight that we hadn't had him on before now. An even bigger one when you recognise that we hadn't even asked them to come on um, until this week. Either way, we're absolutely delighted to welcome John Cowan onto the show. John, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. How's yourself? Yeah, not so bad at all. Um, so um, you work in news, obviously, John. The eyes of the world on Scotland this week. Um, what's it been like? Are you on the fringes of that? Are you involved <laughs> with um, what's going on over in Glasgow this week? Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm largely studio based these days. Uh, although I, I do get out and about every so often, but uh, yeah, it's it's keeping us all very busy. It's uh, very much. I think every kind of news organisation would say the same, but it's very much all hands on deck. It's a, a wee bit surreal to see uh, so much global attention on Scotland, but um, these are things that, that you kind of look forward to in your career in a way, so it is good. Keeping it more parochial, have you managed to see the Mighty Dons this season yet? Yes, yeah, I was up at the weekends, uh, and uh, I do try and get back up as, as much as possible. It's been uh, a, a real relief, I think, uh, after, you know, obviously the struggles on the pitch last season, but, but having to watch it from a distance, it was... Uh, it became more of a chore than anything else towards the end. So being able to get back to games is, uh, yeah, it's um, it's been brilliant this year. Great. Uh, and of course, as ever, Martin Clunas is with us. Evening, Martin. Evening, Richards. Right, enough from him. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> to hearts on Saturday. And, um, well, the proverbial game of two halves, I suppose, because that first half, uh, David, started off with a back three again. Now, it made sense because obviously we'd uh, had two pretty positive results playing with that back three. But something that has been noticeable for the 270 minutes we'd played with it up to that point, which was 245s against the against Bredeblek, home and away. Second half um, in Iceland, first half at Pataudry. Hibs game and obviously the visit to Rangers where it certainly made us harder to break down, certainly gave us the extra man at the back. But it did seem to restrict our attacking efforts, which uh, frankly haven't been great at the best of times this season, but we were pretty restricted going forward. It gave us a bit more solidity, but restricted going forward. Now on Saturday, it seemed to me that first half when it was a back three against a back three, it seemed like both sides were cancelling each other out to me. Uh, yeah, and uh, it, it, I was beginning to feel like a, I was a bit of a curse, to be honest, because um, I hadn't been to, um, I couldn't make it up for the, the Hibs match and uh, I wasn't at Ibrox and uh, every other match that I've seen for literally months like that I've been in the stands for, we've either drawn when we should have uh, comfortably won or lost uh, in a kind of clown car fashion. But um, yeah, I was, I was worried that it was going to be more of the same because we were not looking... Uh, in any danger of conceding, certainly in the first half. But again, there was really nothing apart from, I think, uh, a Hedges shot um, in the first half from us. Uh, so I, I kind of, 
I f- had a horrible uh, sinking feeling when uh, Hearts got the penalty at half time, just on the stroke of half time, that um, we were going to go down the road of all of that possession and none of the bite again. And uh, John, I mean, it really did feel as if Stephen Glass had been almost backed into a corner to finally turn to that back three. So it probably wasn't a huge surprise that um, he wasn't too slow to change things up. Yeah, I guess so. It was. I mean, it's certainly something people have been suggesting for a long time up into uh, up into this kind of run of form now. But um, yeah, it, it didn't make sense to to change it back to back to a sort of. Um, more uh, standard four in the second half, but um, I, I don't necessarily think it's uh, it's the wrong idea to go with it in the first place, especially given how how much this season uh, has has been um, uh, let's say harmed a wee bit by by having uh, weaknesses at the back. So I don't disagree with the the decision to to stick with the three, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that he changed it at the at the at the earliest possible opportunity in this match. So what we saw, Martin, on on Saturday was obviously Scott Brown was the main um, the main switch. He moved from sweeper in a back three into the midfield. First of all, how do you think he's done as a sweeper? I think you were quite encouraged by how he did it. Uh, how how he did at Ibrox. I know you've been rather cold on the whole idea of Scott Brown. Full stop. But specifically as sweeper um, in the first half on Saturday. I think he's looked. I think he's looked much better. Um, I think I, I'm pretty sure I said last week. I think you know, by him be, with him being there, you get the best. You can see the best out of Lewis Ferguson as well. Um, and I think you know we've got two. We've got two central defenders at the moment who are who are. are let's be honest, they're struggling. No, they're you know we've conceded some goals. We've had some poor results. They're probably low in confidence. So having somebody experienced in there, you know, and they're professional footballers. You shouldn't need it. But having somebody like Scott Brown next to him who can just kind of talk him through, guide him, you know, who can read read attacks, um, it's, it's, it's helped them. And I think he's done really well. And he, he, yeah, like, I, I wasn't over overwhelmed with the signing, but he's been doing it on the pitch, you know, the last last few games. Um, I thought I did think he was really good um, when he played there at Ibrox. I thought he was good again in the first half um, against Hearts on Saturday. Um, and it's 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 working. Um, it's, it's certainly and I, like I like I said there, it's it's getting the best out of Lewis Ferguson. I thought I thought he had a he came into quite a good game as well um, as the as the game got on. Um, and the, I mean, the first half was was, was scrappy. Um, was scrappy on on Saturday. It wasn't you know there wasn't really much in it. But you know, as you mentioned there, um, when you when you asked uh, David a question, I think the you know the two formations just cancelled each other out. But um, Hib Hart, sorry, didn't really, they didn't really offer much in a, the way of attack. You know, it was pretty. It was good news for us when we found out that Liam Boyce wasn't going to be playing. Um, I think you know they're pretty toothless when he's not on the pitch, really. Um, and that re- that did show. I mean, they didn't really give Joe Lewis much to do. So I thought um, while you know while Brown in the middle of that three, it wasn't it wasn't called upon very much. Didn't have lots to do. Um, I think he's he's. He's looked better the, the times he's played in the middle of that middle of that defence. Uh, he's looked better than he has any other time this season, I think. David, listen, I think we're going to probably play Scott Brown a bit more for a second half display because um, the first half, you look back and you've got to say that the goal kind of comes down to him not dealing with a high ball curve very well. In fact, go even a little deeper, it goes to him and McCrory being pulled into the same area of the pitch for the same kind of high ball 
Um, and then there's probably a gap kind of where Scott Brown you'd expect to be if you were playing in that defensive midfield position that Hearts are able to play the through ball to. So we're still losing pretty cheap goals, aren't we? Uh, yeah, uh, um, I've I'd watched the back again. Um, just to, when the the ball comes through, like Brown's caught quite flat-footed for it as well, and you know, as much as he was fantastic for a, most of the match, there's there was a bit of me thinking if he just kind of sticks a leg out there, then he cuts that ball out. But um, it just it, it felt a little like we were reverting to type for this season. Just this cheap goal after. Uh, almost gifting uh, our opponents a goal when we've really been in quite a lot of control of the possession and uh, cutting out any any threat. Um, but um, yeah, I mean the the, the first uh, the first ten minutes to the second half was a complete turnaround, and it was kind of the it almost felt like what people were talking up the ability of this squad and the kind of the mentality that people were saying that Glass is trying to get into them. It was uh, the absolutely roasted hearts and, the, and um, we were much, much um, more confident looking going forward and hearts just started to kind of crumble and uh, it felt like we had much more of a game plan in that second yeah. half after kind of watching hearts just really not inspire in the first half. John, I, I can't help but think there was maybe almost two aspects to that. Uh, we came out of the traps very, very well. We obviously changed the shape. And if you if you listen to Stephen Glass after the match, he suggested that he wanted to make that change um, earlier than he did. But his thinking was that he would wait till halftime and then, you know, hearts can't see it happening on the pitch and can't react to it that way. Um, I don't know whether, of course, the fact that they score right on halftime changes, brings that forward, makes it more of a gamble that he's prepared to take. Um, but it really was. It, it, right from that first whistle, we got on the front foot and we were doing the sort of things that we weren't doing in the first half. And frankly, we haven't been doing for a great deal of this season. The layoffs were working. You had midfield runners. You had the fullbacks uh, running on and past their man. It was just the, that sort of energy. And as David alludes to, the sort of performance that um, we have been promised. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I'd agree. I think the... Um the goal uh, on the stroke of halftime did kind of force uh, Glass's hand a wee bit to, to make that change and to push Brown into midfield. Uh, but I think what you're saying there about the the more sort of positive play all rounds, really, about taking a few more risks uh, going forward in that second half, the way they came flying out the traps, I think that was more significant, perhaps, the, um, than necessarily the, the change of shape. They were... Uh, Playing within themselves a wee bit, I think. Uh, I think that's how Glass described it himself after the game uh, during that first half. So to um, to come out and and to start taking a wee bit, a few more risks on the ball, get Marley Watkins on the ball a bit more. Uh, I think uh, that made as much of a difference. Um, okay, you've got Brown stepping out uh, with the ball a wee bit more and, and getting forward too, uh, which which adds to that. But um, I think there was just a, a much. They came out in. Uh, with the intention of playing much more positively in that second half. And I think it really, it took hearts by surprise given the way the first half had been. Um, so yeah, I think it was a combination of all those things, to be honest, uh, as far as I was concerned. Anyway. What about the goal as an impact on the way the hearts approach things? Do you think they were any more defensively entrenched because they then had something to hang on to? 
I would say so, certainly. Yeah, they um, they looked like they were trying to manage the game from that point. I, I do think they were they were um, caught a wee bit on the back foot for, from the way that Aberdeen uh, came out in the second half. Um, and uh, uh, but at the same time, I, I do think the uh, the relentlessness of, of the way we were coming forward did um, pen them back too. Uh, so it wasn't just uh, by design on their part, really. I think. Uh, you know, you do see it so often when teams come flying out the traps in the second half, and uh, they they don't often they don't often sustain it um, for for any great length of time. It's it's often just like a sort of five ten minute flurry. But I think Aberdeen were really good at uh, at keeping those waves of attack going, uh, which um, which never really allowed Hearts to get a foothold in the second half, really. Yeah, it was a good 15-20 minutes um, from halftime, including the point at which we scored uh, the equaliser. Seemed that things had got a bit more even than then, then around that time we we got the winner. Um, David, I've already obviously spoken to Martin about Scott Brown as a centre-half, um, but in that second half as a midfielder, what I want to talk actually more about is the combination, uh, because I think maybe with Dylan McGeoch there, allowed Scott to operate a bit further forward than we've seen him this season. And certainly, obviously, it allowed Lewis Ferguson to operate one up as well. But um, just that balance of that midfield has maybe looked, again, a little bit more secure um, with D- Dylan McGeoch in it on that last couple of games. Yeah, absolutely. I've been really impressed with Dylan McGeoch and what he's kind of brought to the midfield. Um, there seems to be, I don't know, a lot better... They seem to be work, working as a unit in midfield better, and it seemed that we lost our heads quite a few times this season uh, upon losing a goal. Whereas, I don't know, um, Mickey has a really kind of intelligent way of holding on to the ball, and then um, Scott Brown was playing out of his skin on uh, on Saturday in that second half as well. So, I think uh, there's a lot to be said for Lewis Ferguson's improvement as well because I felt that there are points during the season where he's been quite petulant when things haven't been going his way or if he's played a, a stray ball he's been quick to kind of l- lose the heat a bit and uh, there's just something more of a maturity that's settled into him in the last few games I think and um, yeah McGee seems to be really key to us being a bit more organised and, and and creative certainly well, the equaliser came um, probably after we'd not created anything massively clear cut, but we'd looked on the front foot, we'd looked encouraging, probably done more in and around their box and more touches uh, close to their box than we managed in the first half. The goal scorer, of course, Martin Marley Watkins. Um, this uh, just his third start of the season, um, having started against Motherwell Far Park and against Hibs last week. Clearly, he's being managed at the moment, um, up to full fitness. But, you know, we recall pretty much exactly this time last season. It was Marley Watkins' uh, injury that really derailed a team that up until that point had shown a fair amount of promise with him and the team. He is going to be, once again, important, you feel, this season. He will be, yeah. I mean, I think that... No. Okay, Stephen Glass wasn't the manager at this point last season, but he'll have, he'll have kept an eye on that and he'll know that you'll know how important Watkins was for us and how good a player he is. Um, and, you know, as you, as, he, you know, as Stephen Glass has said, and as you mentioned there, he's being, he's being managed in the games. Um, they're wanting, obviously they're not wanting to, to, to give him too, too many minutes um, or try and 
try and maybe keep him fresh. I think, you know, had we, if we had a more kind of, a kind of you know, more clogged fixture schedule with maybe some midweek games and we'd see him maybe start some games on the bench. But at the moment it's, it's fine. He's able to, you know, he's able to start and he's able to play and he's been doing, he's been doing really well. Um, and yeah, that, I mean, that, the, the, the equaliser was a, was a, was a really great finish from him. Uh, just the way, the way it takes it down um, and just you know, puts it in the, puts it in the top corner. Basically the only, I think probably the only part of the goal that you know, Craig Gordon wasn't, um, wasn't going to be able to reach because uh, Craig, Craig Gordon he'd had a, he had a, he had a decent game on Saturday and a couple of good saves. Um, we know he's a good goalkeeper. Um, so you're going to have to do something you know, pretty special to beat him. And Watkins managed to do that. Uh, and look, we're all, I think, you know, Aberdeen fans, we're all big fans, big fans of his. Um, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's really, you know, he's really direct. You no, know, I think he's, um, he's better probably. He's, he's he's able to come in more central, I think, as well as playing out wide, uh, which is you know, really impressive. I mean, he worked really well last season alongside, obviously, Wright and uh, Wright and Hedges. Um, we seem to have, you know, we seem to be getting able to get the best out of him alongside alongside Ramirez as well. So, I mean, lots there's really lots to be positive in this guy, and just you know, I think Glass is right to not want to to kind of run him into the ground and give him too much at the moment, uh, but. If we can if we can keep this guy fit and have him you know have him start an important games for us this season, it's going to be a really it's going to be really really important for us. John, I think for a large part of the season, uh, us as supporters weren't keen on looking for excuses for the way the side was performing. But there's no question that missing Marley Watkins for um, a good deal of the season since he signed and, and missing Ryan Hedges as well um, for quite a number of games already in that uh, in that 10 match winless run um, were, were big misses for this side and they are going to be integral to you know if we want to do anything this season and doing something this season no longer seems quite so unrealistic after the last week yeah, I think I, I think you're right to point out the how important he was in that good run of form last season as well. He, I, I think even though we've obviously not seen a huge amount of him since uh, uh, Watkins, that is since he resigns, he makes such a difference to that team already. You can tell he's a really clever player. His his movements good. He's he's strong as well. He's good at holding off defenders uh, and creative at the same time. You don't often get that kind of blend certainly at our level uh, too often. So I, I really think he. Um, he really improves the uh, the way the team attacks uh, to to a huge degree, and he he, he gets a lot out of um, the players around him, which is another thing he was really good at last season too. So, yeah, I know you, you're almost kind of looking back and, and thinking, I know that there may have been other reasons uh, why the deal wasn't done earlier in the summer, but uh, uh, to have him to have had him bed, bedded in sooner would have uh, would have been a big advantage. But uh, yeah. He's he's obviously um, had his own injury issues and uh, he will need to be carefully managed. But having him on the pitch as as much as possible is uh, is clearly going to be very important. And David, uh, to my eyes, it seems that we have not just this season, but over the past two three years, really missed players who can link the play up like Marley Watkins can. And I don't mean like a, in a sort of big burly target man sort of way who like a Cosgrove might have held things up and brought in players, but just somebody who's able to flit around the pitch, find those pockets and and, and just link up the ball intelligently like Watkins, like I see Watkins doing. Yeah, absolutely. And what what's really impressive is how, how quickly he seems to have settled back in as well. Um, he was, uh, after 
absolutely everything. The amount of pressing he was doing on Hearts when they were playing it out from the back. Um, he uh, he just uh, had an absolutely outstanding match. And um, yeah, the the intelligence of his play is something to behold. And yeah, I just think that he's such an... Um, well, <laughs> I don't want to jinx it, but like, he seems like again if he can keep fit uh, that he'll be such an important player for us this season and will really ho- hopefully help us kick on into a, a better run of well sorry to continue this run of form uh, Martin before we before we got the winner you touched on it earlier Craig Gordon pulled off you said it was a, a good save I think we can probably say it was a bit more than a good save I still think However, and people will claim I'm being super critical here, I still think Ramirez should score. It can be both. It can be a chance that Christian Ramirez should score when he's six yards out. And he's done the difficult part, quite frankly, which was to beat the defender before shooting. But it's still a tremendous stop from Craig Gordon. We have to recognise that. Ah, it is. I mean, look, you know, he, like I say, there he knows. We know he's a good goalkeeper, and you have to do you have to do something special because he's he's not the type of goalkeeper who. Well, I say this, of course. Now, watch what happens in the next couple of matches. He's not the type of goalkeeper who's just going to go throwing one into his goal. Um, so you need to do something something pretty special. I mean, you're disappointed. Ramirez probably could have done a bit. Probably could have done a bit better. Um, but um, I think you know. I think we'd be being hypercritical. Um, there, um, I thought Ramirez had a pretty, pretty decent game on, on Saturday as well. So um, I'm not, gonna, I wouldn't want to be too down on him. Am I being hypercritical, John, or should a striker be scoring every time from six yards out? Yeah, at the time I thought, well, I mean, at the time and still now, I, it was clearly a very, very good save. Uh, I, I did think it was closer to the corner when, uh, when it happened in real time, but uh, I. I would agree that I think Ramirez does everything spot on. You see so many strikers uh, lashing at the ball as soon as it comes to them. And this also applies to Watkins uh, with his first goal, the way he sort of bides his time and wait for the, waits for the ball to drop. But, but Ramirez made that wee yard of space for himself so well uh, and created the chance um, that uh, I, I, I don't think you can blame him too much for it. Same with the, the sort of scissors kick he had uh, not long afterwards where... Uh, when the ball was flighted over, I was thinking he's probably going to want to sort his body shape out at some point here when this uh, arrives at him, and then he, he sort of produces a, a wee bit of an unorthodox move. Uh, again, I don't think he did anything especially wrong with either with either chance. He, he, he can count himself a wee bit unlucky not to have scored. But we did get the winner, and uh, David, it's uh, it's another set piece goal. I make it eight goals and twenty five from corners or free kicks this season so that's not including penalty kicks or anything we might have scored after a, after a clever throw-in we're not quite that analytical around here um but eight out of 25 is not show-stopping it's not the sort of thing which you're going to have the um football geeks uh foaming at the mouth about how we're doing but it's clear especially in a season where we still haven't been creating that many chances from open play it's an important contribution. So it's an important contribution being made on the training field. Again, Stephen Glass was asked about this that this week and about the work that Alan Russell has been doing. It, it's just good to see that variety. But again, on Saturday, it was one which uh, I think now there's been some attention drawn to it. Not for the first time this season. <laughs> slightly illegal. Referees will be looking out for this stuff. It seems that, um, you know, blowing a load on these sort of things early in the season, um, you wonder if we're going to start to see them cra- uh, cracking down on us. Yeah, um, it w- 
I think uh, the term that I've seen um, uh, bandied about for it is top uh, shithousery. And um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it is a very interesting kind of thing uh, that they're going for there um, in the training pitch. Uh, it's very entertaining to watch uh Scott Brown uh, take out a, a tracking defender with uh, Ryan Hedges. But yeah, I am worried how much longer uh, we will get away with that sort of thing. Um, but uh, still a cracking header, even though it's it's a free one. Um, and uh, yeah, I was just, I was glad that we, we capitalised on it. Um, I will admit to uh, probably squawking is the best way to put it when Ramirez tried that scissor kick because I thought it had gone in for a second. But um yeah, another great set piece and um, a, a very in, inventive form of blocking. Yeah, I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised by the quality of the connection that Ramirez put in it. Let's put it this way: I'm not saying that I think he's he's um, a donkey by any stretch of the imagination, um, but you know I have um, terrible memories of such players playing up front for Aberdeen that wouldn't have made anything near as sweet a connection on that. Um, <laughs> I oh sorry no I was just going to say I I do I do share your hesitation a wee bit um about some of uh, Ramirez's his positioning and occasionally uh, he he seems to have kind of knocked on the head to constantly getting caught offside I think I, I counted him it was close to ten times against um I think it was County just when I was sitting there going that's him offside again um but like he's he's scoring the goals um and. I don't really want to say criticise him too much because uh, I'm certainly not going to pull on a pair of boots and do any better. Um, I do feel like you though that he should have scored that um, that one from six yards, but we won, so I'm not going to moan. Good to be positive. We did win, uh, John. Again on the goal because I think David's right to allude to it, as well as Scott Brown's pressure we put a cannon shot using um, Ryan Hedges. The, it is about as well spot on delivery from Dylan McGee from the set piece, um, much like he'd done at Ibrox uh, the game before, and a huge leap and brilliant header from Lewis Ferguson. Those have those need to be appreciated as well as the Scott Brown's Machiavellian one. <laughs> yeah, you can have all the subterfuge in the world, but it doesn't really count for anything if your uh, if your cross hits the first man or uh, it curls out a play or whatever. But yeah, yeah I mean, you've, uh, we've seen it with with Calvin Ramsey all season when he's been uh, taking corners and, and set pieces that. Uh, when when these elaborate moves that uh, have clearly been pre-plans uh, are, um, are are sort of um, carried out, that, that they are uh, performed well enough, uh, you know, in the heat of the moment when it's actually needed and the cross is good enough. So yeah, it's it it, it, it shouldn't be underestimated how important that is. Um, given the amount of effort they clearly put into it, and McGeoch's, you know, he's he's obviously his reputation preceded him before he came to Aberdeen. He's always been a classy footballer, so um, he, you've always got confidence that he can he can deliver a good ball. The the way that the <clears throat> excuse me, the way that the the corners um, seem to be flighted in, they seem to be sort of clipped almost rather than curled, which uh, is is another thing that's clearly deliberate, but um, it is proven really fruitful. And um, yeah, um, Ferguson obviously when when he gets the gets the run uh, the free the free header he he does exactly the right thing with it as well and puts it across goal. So yeah, I mean it's one thing to to come up with these elaborate plans, but uh, you, you do have to execute them, and 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 they have been consistently good at doing that this season. 
Uh, Martin, so we've, we've got the corner kicks or the, free, the indirect free kicks as well. We've scored from a couple of those this season. The direct free kicks, though, the uh, plan at the moment seems to be Lewis Ferguson will hit it quite hard, but into the wall. Or, as on Saturday, hit it into a wall of his own players, which I thought was a neat twist. It really was. Oh, um, Richard, of course, you've, you've moved to the, the, the Dick Donald stand now, so you wouldn't have seen, but there was a guy... Um, about, the row in front of us, about three people along, just went absolutely raj when he when he knocked that one in, in our own players. Um, I don't know what you know. I understand that you know it was it was a free kick probably for a right footer, and you no, know, he, he should be getting to take it. But it's got to get, it's got to be better. You no, know, you know, these are you know, it's it's difficult to score from these free kicks. I get I get that. I understand though, it isn't it isn't easy, but you need to be, be beating the wall. Or beating your own players as well. It's you know when we're when we're struggling to score goals from from open play as we'll have this season. When you're getting things like free kicks and good, and what was a really good position needs it needs to be it needs to be better. So I mean, I, I don't know why he keeps getting these opportunities to take these. Um, you know, I know he's co- scored a couple in the past, but it's been a while. Uh, um, and there's probably guys who should be maybe you know maybe on that ahead of him. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if what, you know, somebody like maybe Watkins or Hedges, if they're kind of guys for just blasting one or they're going to, they're, they'd be good enough to place it um, over the wall and try and find, find you no, know, the keeper's weak spot. I'm not sure, but it's something that, it's something that does need to improve. I mean, even if it's just taking Lewis Ferguson off of them, because um, it's, it's getting, it's getting a bit frustrating now. It's, it's, it's kind of, you know, I'm sure he's annoyed. I'm sure he wants to keep taking them, but when you're just blasting them like that, you're you're going to hit the. It's really difficult to get it over, over the wall or past the wall. So you're going to need to you know you need to be somebody who with a bit of skill who can place it rather than just you know leather the thing. David, um, he was briefly mentioned uh, earlier when we talked about set pieces, uh, but um, obviously missing from the last couple of games the the sort of revelations of the season so far. Calvin Ramsey and to a slightly lesser extent. Uh, Mackenzie on the other side. It's coincided with um, an uptick in performance. Do you think it's maybe been a blessing in disguise slightly um, that um, the two youngsters have had to drop out for a few games? Um, well, it's just like um, Calvin Ramsey's been one of the proper joys of this season, just to watch. Um, so I don't, I would hate to say that it's been been good to have him uh, sidelined um, but I don't know if uh, having been forced into uh, to make the changes that um, the manager has uh, if it's almost uh, brought in a sort of siege mentality just around like being stripped down to um, a makeshift defence and uh, a severely injury hit squad um, maybe that's kind of really Instilled a kind of this is this is a, a a last chance kind of for the manager to to do something with it, and he's obviously got the dressing room that they've they've uh, they've steeled themselves to to do that to deliver these these past three performances. So um, I don't know. I would I would hate to say that as having two of our our you know extremely promising young players uh, off the pitch is a good thing, but also it seems to have indirectly had an effect that we are now no longer in what felt like a bit of a free fall. 
John, I suppose my point is more that um, Calvin Ramsey has absolutely thrilled us going forward, but there's unquestionably goals that we have lost that you could point to the fact that, you know, point to his errors, point to his mistakes. And, um, you know, we, we want to encourage attack, the attacking play from our fullbacks. Clearly, Stephen Glass wants to do that. But um, I, th- I think the benefit of having people in there who primarily are hard working and are going to do that defensive shift maybe not going to be quite so effective going forward of maybe just being what we needed at the right point yeah i i do see what you mean there i i i'm not sure i'd go as far as to say it was a, a blessing in disguise but um yeah that's that's clearly a side of of uh of ramsey's game that uh that perhaps he he, he could improve on but um i i i think that um the having Ojo and Campbell in, in in those fullback slots instead doesn't necessarily um, make the the team any more defensive. Uh, I think they, they they plug away and they, they you know they're they're clearly not not fullbacks by trades. Uh, but um, I I don't think the uh, it's necessarily changed um, how we play in that sense. Um, and they're obviously going to have positional problems in the same sense as well, having not had so many minutes at fullback. So, yeah, I'm not sure I quite subscribe to that, to be honest. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I guess Ramsey, he's he's quite cavalier in the way that he plays as well. He, he cuts inside, he underlaps, he overlaps. Uh, you know, he, he can take the ball and uh, take it to the take it to the penalty box if he wants to. Um, so, so maybe uh, maybe you don't have the players around him moving around quite so much. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, like like David says, I, I'm I'm not sure you'd uh, you'd ever want him out the team uh, if at all possible. It's a very polite way of uh, avoiding saying that I'm talking nonsense. <laughs> but uh, Martin, what about what about his future? Do you think it will be? At- at fullback, do you think he can learn to balance out his defensive uh, responsibilities um, with what he can bring to the side attacking, or do you think you do you see him wing back in a three, or maybe even further up the pitch still, wide midfielder, even as I've seen uh, posited elsewhere, sort of one of the attacking midfield three? Um, I mean, potentially, I mean. Uh... None of us, none of us really know in, t- in terms of he can play play you know, that far forward. I mean, I would like to see him. Um, I'd like to see him in, in playing wide on wide on um, right on the side of a three, um, with a th- the three centre back. I think that'd be quite interesting to see. I mean, it takes a bit of the it takes a bit of the defensive pressure off him, but like he's a clearly and a hugely talented young player. Um, and I don't think there's any question that you know, there's there's obviously going to be gaps in his game. You know, he's only played, you know, a very, you know, a limited amount of time for us. Um, you know, that, that's kind of th- that's the kind of stuff that will come from coaching. Um, and I'm sure that we've got some, you know, I'm, I know we've got some good coaches at the club. Um, and I think that, you know, they'll be able to, they will be able to get the best out of him. I mean, we saw, I mean, there was, I mean, in the first half on Saturday, I was, you know, you, you saw Ojo was, Ojo was good. He was decent, you know, at times. Um, but I would have liked to have seen, you know, I would have loved to have seen Ramsey there instead, just because just because you know, he gets forward a little bit more. Whereas Ojo was was t- tends to sit. He obviously isn't as quick. He doesn't get isn't as direct. Um, and I think that you know, in I think we would have seen a you know, probably a, a much more competitive um, or in terms of positive first half from us certainly on Saturday if if Ramsey was there. Um, and I, I would I would really like to see him um, playing wide on wide on the side right of a three. I think that's probably. Um, how we would get the best out of him, but 
know, he's obviously going to have to learn um, and be coached and you know, up in his up in his you know, defensive game, um, which you no, know, it's not a huge, not a huge criticism of of him. Um, you no, know, we don't want letters. We're not we're not criticizing Saint Calvin. Um, please, you no, know, don't complain, um, because you no, know, he's a, he's a great player and he's going to hopefully stick around for a long time, um, and you know, win trophies with us. Uh, and welcome back to Martin's cat to the podcast there. It's been I a know, since we last heard from her. Uh, but uh, definitely one of the uh, more informed contributors uh, to the regular, <laughs> uh, to the regular show. Um, very tempted just to have uh, her on instead of you uh, in the coming weeks. Um, it's been a positive week, David. It's uh, We probably went into it fearing the worst. Uh, but seven points from three games against sides that we benchmark ourselves against. It's uh, always going to do um, the morale, the support, a lot of good if you can beat a team like Hearts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I've uh, so I would have been at the I would have been at the Hibs match, but I had a gig and um, during the the Rangers match, uh, I, I thought. Um, or oh, sorry, the the Rangers match. Uh, I thought I had my um, phone on Do Not Disturb uh, because I was getting interviewed by uh, BBC Radio and Gale at the time. <laughs> and uh, I've not listened back to it yet, but I'm fairly sure there's quite a punctuated pause when my mate's text comes in. Uh, he's in the way in from uh, in Ibrooks and uh, going, I've just about got my breath back, but we're two up. So <laughs> that came in just near the start of the interview and there's a wee, uh, definitely a, I stumble in my my, my flow, um, but uh, yeah, it it was it's been a real relief because um, I uh, I rather sh- well maybe not shamefully now but uh, I I was kind of in my head had said if Dens Park goes the way of the past few matches then I just I don't think we we could risk uh, sticking with glass much longer. Um, I'm. You know, I'm not, I certainly wouldn't describe myself as any sort of informed pundit, but uh, it just felt like that was going to be um, the last chance to to pick up points. Um, I didn't realise uh, how how much the hibsing it had set in uh, at that point, because uh, look, looking at that match, they were absolutely rancid because we were far from, from great in that match. But luckily, uh, I don't know what's happened to Easter Road, but um, they seem to have... Uh, they seem to have been watching us earlier in the season and taking inspiration from it. Um, and also, uh, any time we uh, go to uh, the uh, the future ASDA in Govan, um, it's it's uh, it's a it's a, a bum clincher because you you don't want to to come away from there, uh, and it's entirely possible having not. Uh, not done yourselves proud. Uh, so yeah, it's it's great to be picking up these points against um, teams that we would probably expect to be around us and hopefully below us in the top six. Um, but um, yeah, I, I I'm too I'm too nervous to to say that this is uh, this is the turn in the season. It's certainly been vastly improved, um, but there were still causes for kind of concern for me, like. Uh, in the first half against Hearts say that it was identical performance to some of the games that we've come away from with nothing early in the season but I mean the the second half was full of things to give to give uh, hope uh, there certainly 
Uh, unquestionably, and I think maybe that's just the sort of next step that we're hoping to take, isn't it, John, that we can actually put 90 minutes together. I, I think people talk about that a lot, to be fair, and teams really put 90 minutes of the, you know, the sort that we managed for 30 minutes in the second half against Hearts. But, you know, to just have a comfortable afternoon where, it, you know, we demonstrably are the better team and, and can put a bit of distance between ourselves and the opposition every point we've had this season feels like it's been a really hard one yeah i would i would agree with you but at the same time i think what's been quite pleasing about uh this run of games the the three in a row or the the, the, the seven points out of three is the the way that they've managed the games out uh certainly okay there was the late goal at ibrox um which uh, we probably won't go into again but uh, certainly against Hibs and and against Hearts, the the um, the players managed to see out the games and, and uh, secure the three points in, in in a very professional way. And and given how how leaky we've been at the back this season, I I don't think that's um, in any small accomplishment. And um, yeah, so so I think uh, okay, yeah, you you you'd be delighted to blow teams away, but uh, I think there's a lot to be said for that kind of resilience and that kind of game management. I mean, it was something that characterised uh, Dan McInnes's more successful teams, and it's something which we haven't seen a huge amount of this season. So I think that's uh, that's really refreshing. What is going to be interesting is uh, how uh, how we do against teams that are less willing to attack and and, and more content to sit in. Uh, and try to frustrate us because uh, we, we've seen a lot of evidence of, of that working against Aberdeen this season. So um, that's that's the next thing that, that, that I'd be looking for from this team anyway. Martin, um, this will be brought up by me quite a lot, but how, how far out of his depth do you think the manager is now after that last week? Yeah, you've done me, you've done me again. You know, I mean, look, um, I said uh, when we did the post the post dense park episode, I, I said that you know this this run of games, um, I would be really worried because we could get we could get ourselves dragged in a in a relega- relegation scrap if things go badly, and it just it just goes to show that this is why um, the only reason I hang about is because this is our podcast. Because if I was a guest on this one, then I would have been sacked years ago. Um, so yeah, it's um, Stephen Glass continued to make me look like a complete idiot, which I'm capable of doing myself to be honest, but. You can still be sacked, Martin, trust me. Um, <laughs> we're all, I think, at the stage, though, uh, David, where we are still not fully over the trauma of uh, early part of the season and still think that the things are a little bit fragile. John's right to say that Motherwell are a side that um, have made us look foolish in the past, in the recent past. I mean, if you look back to the game at Fir Park earlier this season, we had a lot of the ball, a lot of possession. I think we had one real clear-cut chance, Marley Watkins header. Motherwell just went out to park, absorbed our pressure, went out to park, exploited the space behind our full-backs, scored two goals. Um, you know, after after the event, Alan Bowers might have been um, sending sarcastic texts to Dave, uh, Dave Cormack about how good we were, but I don't think we were that good. And there is a danger that, again, on, on Saturday against an opponent who will just sit back and expect us to dominate possession to try and break them down and is confidence do we have enough players on the game to enable us to to do that it still feels really fragile yeah absolutely and i would like to 
I'd like to think that we'd we'd learned something from that match. Um, I, I I went to that one myself. I couldn't I couldn't convince anyone to come with me that day, and it was an extremely uh, an extremely kind of uh, gloomy uh, and lonely train journey home after that. Um, I I again, it's just we had so much possession. I think um, I think it was up to seventy five percent by the uh, at full times. Unreal, but having watched it, I can believe it. Um, we dominated possession. There was, I, I saw someone actually have the brass neck to say that uh, we were playing a lot of lovely football in the middle of the park, and you know I just think that was kind of a line that we were we were getting fed um, quite a lot earlier in the season, and it's just keeping possession uh, and playing neat um, one twos is not um, is not necessarily lovely football if it's it's just constantly on a hiding to nothing. It's just holding on to the ball. Against Motherwell for Park, we were trying the same kind of one-two to get into the box. It was transparent uh, what tactics we were going to use to try and break Motherwell down. And they, they organised themselves excellently against it and hit us twice um, on on the break there. And it's just, uh, uh, yeah, I, I would really hope that um, Given it was a similar sort of stalemate against Hearts in the first half, and the way that we rearranged ourselves for the second half, that that would be our our kind of you know way forward against Motherwell, and um, just to come out on the front foot like that and 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 um, battle them essentially, uh, rather than just playing it across the park in front of them, try to find a way in that way, um, because I think it really it really surprised Hearts and the, the sudden shift compared to how we'd been in the first half and yeah um, I'm, I'm thinking I'm still slightly traumatised after watching us just knock the ball about on a hiding to nothing last yeah, time there was, there was far too much of that uh, earlier in the season it wasn't a John just unthreatening possession not really uh, not really being brave enough to to risk losing the ball by doing something different and to me actually on Saturday one of the more encouraging moments and nothing came from it but it's when Ross McCrory decided to go on a, a little wander upfield played a nice one-two with um, I think it was McGear or maybe Ferguson um, it took a bad touch and then lost it about 20 yards out and it went out for a throw in but again just to see that sort of thing being tried and it just felt like there was a bit more confidence about about the team and the way that Stephen Glass wants to play, I think is going to rely on players being confident. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree on that Ross McCrory moment as well. It's something he's really good at and something we don't see as much of when he's in uh, in centre half. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, when you've got so much of the ball, uh, like you say, David, I, I think it's not so much about moving it, but about dragging the, the opposition out of position and trying to create spaces that way. Uh, and I think the uh, the way the second half went on Saturday suggests that the the uh, the team are more comfortable doing that. Having the the front three, I think of um, Hayes, Watkins, and to a lesser extent Ramirez, they're quite comfortable about uh, about being mobile and about pulling people in the wrong direction, or pulling opponents in the wrong direction. So, yeah, that's that's what uh, we should be looking to do anyway, and uh, trying to um, play with the same urgency uh, as. Uh, as we did in the second half, and I think you know if 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 we do manage that, then then we will create chances. So um, that's that's all you can really ask for. 
John, we are a notoriously fickle breed as uh, football fans, but uh, if we do get the win on Saturday, uh, are you prepared to say that it is officially coming together? <laughs> that's, a, that's a big statement. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, the the signs have been good in these in these past three games. It's it's obviously been a strange season in that sense. There have been signs of it coming together previously, certainly back in August, uh, but. Um, yeah, I, you never want to to be too premature about these things, but I think uh, the the team looks a bit more comfortable with how they're playing now than than perhaps they they have done at any other stage this season. So I think there's a lot to be said for that. So yeah, I, I would be I'd be happy to stick the coming together label on it, uh, depending on the manner of of, uh, of how we play at the weekend. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly been a very encouraging uh, week in a bit compared to. Uh, well, the previous month, I guess. Yeah, and I suppose that's the point, Martin, isn't it? I mean, seven points from three games where maybe the expectations were pretty low. Great. You come out of it, you know, feeling quite optimi- optimistic, quite up. But ultimately, it's still only 15 points from 12. Um, so it's an uptick, certainly, but it's still not where we want to be at this point. It isn't known. I mean, it doesn't and it doesn't excuse you know, what was a, a poor a poor start. Um, and a, poor, a very poor run we're on, um, but I think you know, as you mentioned, if we can get the no, if we can get the result on Saturday as well, um, and get you know of a, of a possible of a possible twelve points, you come out if you come out of that with ten points, um, then yeah, you you kind of you as you as you kind of mentioned there, you have to you have to slap the the coming together um, ticket on it, um, and say things are things are starting to work, and you know, um, I think that. With a group of with this group of players, it, it perhaps was just it, it was going to take time uh, to get things working the way he wants. Um, you know, we've we've seen now that you know we're tactically we can we're, we're flexible, uh, which I think all teams should be anyway. But there's a difference between being tactically flexible and, tact- and being a tactically a tactically flexible team that can make it work. Um, and we saw we saw we've managed to do it um, in the last few games. We managed quite well on on Saturday. Um, so I think you know um, it doesn't you know it doesn't excuse what was some very 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 poor performances at the start of the season, but things are things are clicking now. Um, we're performing well. You know, um, as we mentioned at the start of the show, um, you know Marley Watkins being being an influence now, being being getting fitter, um, being being able to be an influence on games is come is is working. So. I think even with the, you know, we still have some injury problems as well. Um, but where we find ourselves now, um, it does look, it does look bright, um, and certainly looking a lot brighter than it was just what three weeks ago. Yes, um, and uh, you know, before the season kicked off, I suppose we all we all said we came out with the cliche that says it's going to be snaps and downs, and then the immortal words of. Um, of Ronan Keating, although I believe it was written by the guy from the New Radicals, Life is a Roller Coaster. You've just got to ride it. <laughs> what the fuck? Yep. There we go. Ronan Keating quotes. Inspirational. Thank you. Thank That's you. a good bit of trivia. Didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> On that bombshell. Um, thank you very much for joining me, uh, David McGregor. The album is out now. Um, your Bandcamp page is? It is brokeenchanter.bandcamp.com. Uh, the album is Catastrophe Hits, and it's uh, available on all those 
um, legalised theft sites like Spotify uh, and Apple Music, but you can also buy it from Bandcamp, and I would encourage you to do so, because uh, I, I like it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, sorry for talking mince again, but uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Great to have you back on, David. It has been too long. And please do check out the record. You'll find them on, obviously, uh, the socials as well as we must call these um, other nefarious influences on our life beyond Spotify. Um, and to John Cowan, uh, making a long overdue debut tonight. John, thanks for coming on. No, at all. Thank you very much. And the, the words of the new radicals, you only get what you give. <laughs> Right, uh, next week we'll be back with some uh, more late 90s lyrics for you. Um, in fact, will we be back with an international break? We probably won't be arsed, let's be honest with it. Um, but anyway, until we next speak to you, thanks for listening. Good night. Come on, you Reds. <laughs> <laughs>